The following podcast is part of the MindBodySpirit.fm podcast network. Providing insight and resources for your spiritual journey. Unity Online Radio. Thank you for tuning in for this Unity Partner Program. Unity Online Radio partners with spiritual leaders from organizations whose mission and messages complement Unity's. We are pleased to bring you this program on Unity Online Radio, the voice of an awakening world. Welcome to Truth Transforms with your host, Reverend Galen McDowell, Senior Assistant Minister at Christ Universal Temple in Chicago, Illinois. This is the program for spiritually enlightening discussion, interviews, and the practical application of new thought principles to transform your life. Now, here's your host, Reverend Galen McDowell. Welcome to Truth Transforms. I am your host, Galen McDowell, and I am the Senior Assistant Minister at Christ Universal Temple in Chicago, Illinois, where the Reverend Dr. Derek B. Wells is the Senior Minister and the Reverend Dr. Johnny Coleman is the founder. I have the privilege today of interviewing uh, Mr. Mark Hicks, who is the uh, founder and creator of the website Truth Unity. Uh, how you doing, Mark? Thank you for Hi. saying yes to being on the show. Oh, this is my pleasure. Thank you for inviting me. Thank you. Thank you. You know, I've been, um, you know, reading the different things that you've been putting on um, on your website for a while. So for the listeners who might not be familiar with your work, could you talk about um, what is Truth Unity? Well, as you mentioned, it is a website, but it began by simply me sharing information with some of my fellow licensed teachers in Unity. I just simply put it out there, and I discovered people came to it. And before long, I understood that I was really engaging people that I didn't know. I was, uh, because of search engines, people were finding Unity materials, new thought materials, uh, by happenstance, by searching and so it has grown over the past eight years uh, to become a, a, a pretty full-featured website uh, with New Thought and Unity materials. Oh, beautiful, beautiful. Uh, matter of fact, um, I think that's one of the ways that Unity material and New Thought material in particular has always spread. It was never necessarily organizational uh, um, growth. It was the growth of the literature that allowed the material to get out to the world. People find it, practice it, and then find people who actually taught it. Absolutely. Uh, Unity uh, started as a publishing enterprise. That's how we date the the founding of Unity. Yes, definitely, definitely. So can we talk about um, how, how how does Unity and New Thought in general engaged culture in this digital age? Well, first of all, we recognize that people who at one time would have first gone to their minister to get a question answered are now going to the Internet. It's it's not just religion uh, where that's happening. Uh, Previously, when we went to buy an automobile, we would go to the car lot. That would be the beginning of the search. But now the beginning of the search is the Internet, and we have to recognize that people that are coming to New Thought churches on Sunday are first going to the Internet to get information. And so they're already predisposed one way or another towards our message. And what that means is that New Thought and Unity in particular need to have uh, resources out on the Internet that answer their questions to get them to that beginning stage. And after that, then it's up to the congregations to take those people to the next level. So that's what I call engaging culture. It's presenting that first uh, impression, that first material. And they will come back, but it's most important to know that seekers first go to the Internet before they go to the congregation. Yes, yes. You know, one of the things that, you know, I've noticed, you know, 
that has changed from back in the day. When I first started studying in New Thought in uh, 1993, when I came to Christ Universal Temple, you, you would have people who were a part of other churches, ministers and, you know, teachers and, you know, et cetera, that weren't a part of New Thought churches. They were just a part of, you know, different churches. They would sometimes be in our classes and I would hear stories about, for instance, the, um, um, you know, the, the Oprah Winfrey's and other type of folks that who would be in the back of Christ Universal Temple at the, at our old church building and even pastors who would be, who would come to the morning service and then <laughs> leave and go preach their sermons at their yeah. own churches. Now they can go to YouTube. Now they can go on, you know, sites like your own and others. They can watch streaming, et cetera. They can take online classes. And what that allows people to do is to have more access to this message. I think, you know, even a resource like Unity Online Radio, where people have an opportunity to hear from people who are teachers of, of, of you know, new thought, unity, Christian metaphysics, uh, you know, our brand of spirituality and, and theological perspective. It, it really allows the world to um, get an opportunity to know us and view us before they ever encounter and engage us. Um, and I think yep. that that's wonderful. But I also think that that also means we have to be prepared to to uh, meet these folks and have something for them when they show up at our doorsteps, because sometimes that's not happening. Yeah, absolutely. We're we're very good at uh, putting on uh, services Sunday morning. We're very good in our pastoral care of our congregants. We're very good at publishing meaningful material. Uh, But the Internet is so new. Uh, we're roughly 20 years into it, and most people in in uh, who are trained to run churches aren't really uh, uh, trained to present their message in a digital uh, medium. And it is a great leveling feature. We, we now uh, have a voice that we never had in the past, and sure. metaphysical Christianity has a voice that it never had in the past. Uh, we need to step up to the plate and be far more uh, focused on what is available online for people that are seeking answers. Right. You know, what's fascinating, just just a sidetrack moment, a person who was in unity but is well-read amongst uh, unity uh, ministers and, you know, obviously Christ Universal Temple at one point was a part of the unity movement. We left in 1974 to, and Reverend Coleman founded the uh, universal foundation for better living. But one author in particular that I'm noticing is getting a lot of attention now is Neville Goddard for, like, you know, you know, he did metaphysical Bible interpretation in the, in the thirties, forties, fifties and sixties. And now all of a sudden with the, with the internet and uh, with some work uh, of uh, Mitch Horowitz, making sure that his work gets out, at uh at penguin at penguin group all of a sudden people are paying attention to this one particular author and folks are like oh man this is the best thing since sliced bread well you know what we have a lot of authors who are the best thing since sliced bread and take a look at them because we have a, a i believe a unique way of presenting a message that empowers people and i think that that matters a lot so i wanted to ask you about a project that um i don't know if you know indirectly um i helped you with (laughs) i don't know if you know that or not uh which is the african americans in unity um Mm -hmm. uh one of my uh uh former i think he used to yeah one of my former students in class in the class he's a unity teacher now ryan reached out to me, said he was working with a gentleman named Mark who was looking to find out who are these people in this, in this, these pictures he had of African American ministers and teachers. He didn't know, and some of the names he didn't have. You, do you remember that? It was about two years ago, a year and a half ago or so. It was this summer. I do remember. Yeah, it was this I remember summer. That was this summer. Wow. You know, it, 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 church things go by so fast. I don't realize yeah. it's two years or six months ago. Mm-hmm. So what I did was I contacted, um, um, one of Reverend Coleman's original teachers who's still here, who was my original teacher. And, uh, she, her husband went to Unity after Reverend Coleman. So she still had the files and the pictures of these people. Uh, her name is Reverend Wilmetta, uh, uh, Harold. Uh, people say Harrell, but it, she pronounces it Harold. And she was the person, uh, along with Reverend Alberta Ware, who is, uh, the director of the Johnny Coleman Institute at CUT. 
were the people who gave you those names to those pictures. Oh, thank you. You're welcome. So, but uh, could you talk a little bit more about the African Americans in Unity Project? You bet. Well, I'm by nature a historian. And one thing I do is I spend a week or actually about four weeks each year at Unity Village at the library and archives rummaging through stuff that has not seen the light of day for decades. And I did that for five or six years. I have done it for five or six years. At the end of the day, I looked at it and I realized these are all all these people are white with the exception of Johnny Coleman and Ruth Mosley, a few very notable uh, people. But the problem with history is what gets recorded is always uh, somewhat distorted. Uh-huh. All, not everyone's story gets written up. Not everyone uh, is in the newspapers. Not everyone has their materials retained in the archives. And it became evident to me that there were uh, many African Americans who had contributed to unity over the years and to new thought. And not only did they contribute, but they contributed in a unique way, in a way that uh, brings their African heritage with them, their uh, African church background with them as well. And so there's a whole side of unity whose story has not been told. And it wasn't uh, – I'm not sure if it was intentional. Uh, Each person can make their own decision. About that, but it is something that needs to be corrected, absolutely. Yeah. And so I began collecting materials about stories, just simply primary case stories about African Americans' unity, and I continued to do that. And my intention is to collect enough reference stories so that at some point the right scholar with the right credentials with the proper understanding, will come along and use those materials and produce um, a a definitive body of work called African Americans in Unity or their contribution. Mm -hmm. And um, it's not just African Americans, but all people of minority, all minorities have generally been ignored over time when history is written. And uh, what I'm doing is nothing new. Is something that all historians have to do. And we're now 120 years into unity um, or into new thought. It's time uh, to begin collecting these primary, what I call primary research, the stories. Yes. And so uh, I just simply collect it, put it out on the net. That's all I do. I try not to uh, theorize about it. I try not to uh, create um, – uh, any great um, uh, program about it. I just want to collect. And so what I would ask of your listeners um, is if you are an African-American who have been in unity a long time and you have some some stories to tell me, call me up. And we might be able to interview over the phone. I might be able to come visit you. But I would very much like to just simply collect primary uh, research stories. Uh, for the future, that, that'll be beautiful, beautiful. Because because I, I think that the new thought movement would do itself a great justice by creating intention and putting resources behind uh, focusing on different groups out outside of the American majority. In other words, the African American community, the Hispanic community, uh, you know, the, you know, the, um, Middle Eastern community, whatever. But w- one thing as African American male, I can say is, you know, you know, the, the African American culture in the United States has always been a church culture. Mm-hmm. And it, you know, and this message of empowerment when taught properly, and Reverend Coleman, I think, proved this in the Barbara, Reverend Barbara Kings and the Reverend Ruth Mosley's, et cetera, and, and Reverend Michael Beckwith right now. Is, is, you know, um, you know, so we have examples. Reverend Ike is another person that, uh, you know, our community is hungry for this message, like mm-hmm. really hungry, because a message of empowerment in, in, in the context of, you know, coming out of, you know, a context that is at times not presented uh, the best opportunities 
of empowerment for a particular demographic matters. So when you tell people, look, you know, if you could transform your consciousness, you don't have to accept what's been given to you or what has been said about you or what the past has presented to you because God lives in you as the Christ. I mean, that's, that's, a, that's a powerful message. And, you know, I think that uh, the work that you're doing just is only going to help that process. Um, I do want to make sure that people, if they do want to call in and ask Mark a question, they can call in to 888-558-6489. If you want to call in and ask Mark a question about um, uh, Truth Unity, uh, which is truthunity.net, correct? That's correct. Although any of the dot com dot uh, uh, org will also flow over to it. Okay, got it, got it. Because so if you haven't had an opportunity, go over to the website. They have he has a bunch of audio and uh, clips he has on many things right now. Matter of fact, I just recently shared um, one that you posted of a Unity teacher teaching um, the. Uh, book of revelation uh, but a lot of material books and things of that nature pictures you definitely want to make sure and i'm sure that you're open to support if people want to support your pro- your projects and when i mean support i mean donate i'm sure you're open to that as well uh, <laughs> so yes. so you know i you know i believe in supporting good work and i think that we we have to make sure that that we put our money where our mouth is, you know, at mm-hmm. times, you know, you're a unity teacher. And, you know, I, I started off as a, as a UFBL teacher uh, in 97. And I can tell you, you know, at times we have to, you know, remind people, you know, you know, people will pay for entertainment. They'll pay for to go to the movies. They'll go to the dinners. They'll go to, you know, they'll buy things that they'll put in a closet and never use again and have no problem doing that. But when somebody asks you to, to donate to something that supports your soul growth, supports your transformations, supports the transformation of the uh, the consciousness of the human race. You know, we get real tight with our pockets and we'll give McDonald's more money for a Big Mac than we will to support something that that can actually help ourselves and our fellow human uh, human beings. It, it amazes me. So if you like what he's doing, support it, share it, tell people about it because it does make a difference. Um, now, uh, you know, we're, we're, we're a couple of minutes from the break, but I do want to um, just speak briefly about this metaphysical Bible gathering, and then we can pick up on it a little bit more after the first break. But sure. I know last fall you um, organized a conference called the Metaphysical Bible Gathering. What was that about? Well, that was uh, an attempt to bring together people that are using the Bible in their uh, daily devotions and in their Sunday services. And to highlight how it can be done, at the end of the day, what we had was a uh, almost a it, it was a very powerful um, inspirational event for a lot of people. We had over fifty five people who came to Kansas City. Um, half of them were ministers. Um, I, I I can't describe the amount of energy that was created. Um, people today. Um, don't realize how deep the Bible is in our American consciousness and in the Western culture consciousness. If we want to speak to people in uh, throughout culture, the Bible is one way to do it. And Unity and New Thought has a tremendous way of interpreting the Bible, what I call meta-narrative. Um, we can go into that if you wish, but we have a great story. And I can tell you, over half of the hits on Truth Unity are related to the online metaphysical Bible dictionary. In other words, anyone who has used the MBD, the Metaphysical Bible Dictionary, in order to um, uh, use the Bible can now do it entirely online because it's hyperlinked. You can go out and look at the Bible, the American Standard Version Bible, and there are links there for each word that goes back to either the Revealing Word or the Metaphysical Bible Dictionary. And so it was an attempt, the the gathering was an attempt to bring to people, bring together people who are using the Bible in their daily life and preparing their Sunday sermons and to reach people in the broader culture. That's beautiful. That's beautiful. Um, When we come back off of the break, I want to talk about that term meta-narrative because that's a term I hadn't heard before so i definitely want to drill down on that for a moment so um it's almost time for our first break so let me remind you that 
This show has a Facebook page, Truth Transforms with Reverend Galen McDowell. Go on the page, like it, share stuff with it. Uh, it's also a quick way to get in contact with me through the uh, inbox messages. And this show, along with all the shows on Unity Online Radio, are supported by your donations. So as you have freely received, freely give, if this online ministry is supporting your soul growth, help give and uh, give to it and help support it because this message is going all around the world. You don't know whose lives are being impacted by your support. So go to unity.fm, click on the give or the donate button, whatever it says, and help support this online ministry. Uh, we'll be right back with Truth Transforms. Unity Online Radio brings you inspiring programs on a variety of spiritual topics. Giving to the network is now easier than ever. Simply text Unity Radio to 72727 from your smartphone. You can make a one-time or recurring donation. Your gifts help us offer enriching spiritual programs that reach listeners around the world. Text Unity Radio to 72727. Thank you for your support. In his new book, What If Godzilla Just Wanted a Hug? Daryl Fuzaro emphasizes the positive effects of applying unity principles in everyday situations. Laura Harvey, editor of Daily Word magazine, exclaims Daryl Fuzaro shares his life lessons with inspiring creativity. This book is encouraging, funny, and heartwarming, a combination I highly recommend. As co-host of Unity Online Radio's Funniest Thing with Daryl and Ed, Daryl's old-school charm and no-nonsense approach to spirituality keep a global audience laughing and inspired. What if Godzilla just wanted a hug? Is loaded with Daryl's hilarious, award-winning illustrations and packs his wit and wisdom into easy-to-digest, bite-sized stories of how he transforms chaos into tranquility and succeeds in the entertainment business by doing the opposite of everyone else. What if Godzilla just wanted a hug is a pocket Bible encouraging the talented and timid to trust their gut, act on their intuition, and step out boldly. Even if you just bought it for the chapter titles and Daryl Fuzaro's illustrations alone, you'd be getting more than your money's worth with this book. Author and film critic Sister Rose Pucati says, Spending time with Fuzaro's stories will leave you no choice but to smile and carry on. Oh, he forgot to mention he hangs out with a group of nuns, but then, if he had, it would have necessitated a change to some of his more colorful adjectives. Have fun ordering your copy of What If Godzilla Just Wanted a Hug today on Amazon.com. Just like life, grief is a journey, not a destination. Whether it is loss of life, relationship, security, or simply the process of change, have you given yourself permission to begin your journey of grief? Have you yielded to the gift of grace? Join Reverend Chaz Wesley every Thursday at 5 p.m. Central on a virtual navigation from grief to grace and explore new horizons of empowerment, significance, and support only on Unity Online Radio, the voice of an awakening world. I'll light a candle in your name. Thank you for tuning in to Truth Transforms. Now, here's your host, Reverend Galen McDowell. Welcome Transforms. I'm interviewing Mark Hicks, the uh, founder of the website Truth Unity, and we're having a great discussion. Before we actually get back into some of the questions, Mark, I want to uh, also remind the folks who are listening online, they can go to uh, find out more information about Christ Universal Temple by going to uh, cutemple.org. 
cutemple.org. You can find out more information about the ministry, about what we're doing in Chicago, uh, Reverend Wells, about our uh, uh, about our founder, Reverend Coleman, and just general information. And, you know, and if you're in the Chicagoland area, stop on by. If you're visiting Chicago, stop on by. We'll love you up, and we would love to see you. So, uh, uh, Mark, uh, you had mentioned the term meta narrative before we went on break, and I just wanted to, uh, you know, ask you to expound on that term. Well, uh, the meta narrative, I believe, is the story that we repeat over and over in our mind. It's the um, the story that frames our worldview. And when I was in Orthodox Christianity, mainstream Christianity, I had three years in a uh, uh, study program for lay people. It was pretty advanced, but it was for lay people. The meta narrative uh, goes like this: it, it's four words. It's that our life is creation, sin, judgment, and redemption. And everything that we talked about, the Bible, our personal life, um, church history, was always uh, put in that context. Uh, what was the, the creation? Uh, when did it sin? Uh, how did it fall? And how was it redeemed? And that is the story that we have gotten from Orthodox Christianity over the decades. And New Thought... Uh, in my opinion, has another meta-narrative. And the meta-narrative for new thought is what we call mind, idea, and expression. In other words, if we want to know how to live life, we begin by understanding that uh, we are one with God. Um, a, a child's first order of business when a child is born is to bond a child's first order of business is to look out and to say, to whom do I go to get my needs met? That is bonding. That is mind. Uh, and so our meta narrative begins with a creation story that is bondedness, not sin. And then it goes to uh, idea and expression. And those of you who are in new thought and familiar with meta- metaphysics may look at that and say, well, that's nice. But I want to stress how important that is as a meta-narrative for life. Because after that baby bonds, then the baby begins to become a toddler, begins to toy with ideas. It begins to put on ideas, to try out ideas, to explore, to imagine, to pretend that he or she is a soldier or he or she is a ballerina. Those are divine ideas in the minds of a child. But that goes from mind to idea. And then eventually, as we mature, as we become full adults, we express our life. And so expression is the result of the process of bonding, of playing with ideas, and then trying them out until we become proficient and full, uh, mature uh, human beings, divine beings. That is the meta narrative of new thought. It's the meta narrative of true of, of unity, and in my opinion, it is the meta narrative of what I call metaphysical Christianity, and that is where we are different or distinguished from uh, mainstream and evangelical Christianity, because our meta narrative is not creation, sin, judgment, and redemption. Let me explain how that. Uh, plays out in various Christian contexts. Let's look at the idea of resurrection, for example. Um, are you still there? The, yes. The, the, the resurrection in mind, idea, and expression is the expression. It is the the the, the flowering of the human being. Um, whereas in evangelical Christianity, the re- the resurrection is the uh, the end result of paying a penalty to be redeemed. It's an entirely different meta-narrative. It's a, uh, a different approach to spirituality. Yes, you know, it's um, it's amazing how um, even when we get into the metaphysics of, you know, you know, subjects like the resurrection, when you start doing research on, uh, you know, historical, you know, 
you know, Bible, you know, historical Jesus or some of the things that go along with the culture, like uh, some of the work that uh, Dr. Rocco Erico does when they start talking about resurrection. New Thought, New Thought authors actually captured this ancient Semitic thought without having access to the information because we're all attached to this divine intelligence that we call God that, you know, that, uh, that when you start talking about resurrection and, and, and the different, the different symbologies that go along with it, it's amazing how the Charles Fillmore's and the Ernest Holmes and the Emma Curtis Hopkins, et cetera, et cetera, grasped it without necessarily having access to the information. Absolutely. You know, in, Going back to bondedness, I, I like to tell people we are born in bondedness. We are not born in sin. And people look at me and, and I realize that um, it touches a uh, a point of them that, that needs to be touched. The if we the, the first order of business for a metaphysician is to bond with God. It is to find a oneness to to uh, be aware of our oneness with, with, with God. And without that bondedness, we really can't go forward. Uh, it's like a child who never bonds with his or her parent. Life then is always a struggle. But once we bond with God, then everything will eventually fall into place. So the whole idea of birth, of what is the first step of the new practitioner of new thought or the new person who walks into your church it needs to be an awareness of their oneness with god uh, an awareness of the christ within and that's far more important than a lot of the other teachings that we have without it it's almost impossible to teach prayer it's almost impossible to teach metaphysics church history uh, the Bible is not comprehended when we don't feel loved, when we don't feel one with God. It's uh, it's like the game of Monopoly. You don't pass go. You don't pass collect $200 unless we bond. Yes. And so it begins with mind. A bondedness is, is a, a oneness of mind. It's an understanding that my mind and the mind of God are one. Yes, yes. You know, one of the things that I often tell folks is you don't have to demote yourself to promote Jesus. And, you know, we have this mindset that, you know, that when we claim our own divinity, we're actually demoting Jesus in some way. But that was the Jesus that was presented to you, Mm -hmm. you know, um, and one of the things about new thought, when you remove the awareness of being a divine being and being one with God and all that that says, all that goes along with it, you end up having the mental science part. Without the spiritual, without being grounded in the spirituality, you know, you have people come in new thought that says, okay, I don't care about this divinity stuff. I don't care about morals, ethics, love, whatever. Just teach me how to put my mind on things, get what I want and keep it moving. But, but that's, but that, but that's not the totality of the message. You know, you know, we should be evolving into expressing and surrendering more to our spirituality. I actually, uh, Mark, I actually uh, had a conversation with a gentleman at, uh, after um, uh, I spoke at a, uh, another church on Sunday as a, the guest speaker, and I was talking about um, a particular experience that I had where I had to fully, you know, really work through a, a, a challenge, challenging experience, and I was talking about uh, the transition of my mother, you know, and where I was. The place I got spiritually um, that was amazing to me, you know, to be able to handle what needed to be handled. And uh, after it was over, you know, the gentleman said to me lovingly, he said, you know, it just seems as though that, you know, that the way you explain that people shouldn't embrace their humanity, you know, but suffering and the pain and all of that type of stuff, that's a part of and feeling it as a part of being a human being. Shouldn't we fully embrace our humanity? And I said to him. I'm not telling you not to embrace your humanity. I'm asking you, can you fully embrace your spirituality? Hmm. Can you fully embrace the possibility that you're one with God and already whole? That's the the part of the new thought that we have to emphasize, in my opinion. Yeah, and the title of your 
your program is Truth Transforms. Yes. Uh, it is about transformation. And a lot of people want to use truth to achieve something, to accomplish something. But in fact, the real value of truth is its ability to transform. Yes, absolutely, absolutely. So um, you have a conference coming up in Kansas City in March titled uh, Unity in Christianity. You know, and, you know, so could you explain what that's about and talk a little bit more about unity, Christianity, and how new thought is related to Christianity? Yes. I, um, one of the, um, that, one of the, 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 uh, uh, the, the, one of the visions of truth unity is to claim that new thought and unity, what I call metaphysical Christianity, is a uh, authentic and distinct expression of the Christian faith. And let me back up a little bit. I was not raised in a church. Uh, prior to about the age of 16, I had been in a church perhaps three times in my life. And if it hadn't been for that Methodist gal down the street that I wanted to date, I might not have ever been in one. But her father... Uh, was going to insist that uh, they, they invited me to church that Sunday. And of course I went. Um, and I have found that, um, so I have found Christianity as an adult. I have no childhood experience with Christianity. And so my approach to Christianity might be a bit different. But my point is that metaphysical Christianity is one side of a continuum uh, in Christianity, the other side being what I call evangelical Christianity. And where they differ primarily is in the, uh, the, the, the role of who is a human being and who is Jesus. And for metaphysical Christians, uh, Jesus is our big brother and who's encouraging the growth of the Christ within. Whereas in evangelical Christianity, Jesus is a far-removed um, God who should be worshipped in a personal way, but definitely worshipped, which we generally do not do in metaphysical Christianity. This conference is, an, is a, a gathering of people who want to declare, proclaim, declare, and defend the idea that metaphysical Christianity has always been part of historic Christianity. It has been a minority of it. It's been a, uh, not necessarily the powerful who have practiced it, but going back to the very first century um, into the Bible, the first uh, chapter of the book of John, the uh, the first chapter of the, the book of Genesis are all pointing to a word, a logos, a Christ uh, presence that is um, uh, um, bringing us life at intelligence at each moment. And so it's an attempt to bring new thought and unity in alignment with the historic church, not the orthodox church, but the historic church, because the historic church has always included metaphysical Christianity. Yes, yes, that is absolutely true. So you have another conference coming up called Go Light Your World. What is that about? Well, that's the following day. The uh, These two conferences are on March 24th and 25th at the same place, Unity of Independence in, in uh, Independence, Missouri, which is just – it's a suburb of Kansas City. Um, and Go Light Your World is a, uh, a conference where we highlight people in New Thought who are – uh, who have done ministries that are engaging culture in positive ways. Um, it, it's uh, a recognition that if we want to engage culture, it does not always need to be done through a congregational setting on Sunday morning. Uh, there's a lot of culture that can't be reached through congregational ministry. And the earliest, for example, the Fillmore's in the early days, they published a newsletter, they published books, they had silent unity. All of those were examples of ministries that were not congregational Sunday morning uh, services. 
eventually they sent out field lectures and they created uh, centers. But their early work was engaging culture directly. And Go Light Your World highlights eight people that are doing that presently, uh, some of which are employed in congregational settings. But they have all done uh, important uh, ministries that engage culture directly. Uh, one of them uh, engages men and men's ministry. Another one engages uh, young people 18 to 24 years old. Um, Another one uh, is engaging uh, the AIDS epidemic in South Africa and the orphans that are left as a result of it. There are many others. Um, and so the the attempt is to have two conferences back-to-back, um, each long days. They're about 11 hours each at the same place uh, with a variety of speakers. It's a gathering of people who are doing that work. Beautiful, beautiful. So we're going to take our uh, second break. So remember, you can still call in and ask Mark a question, 888-558-6489, or you can just call in and say hi. We'll be right back with Truth Transforms. In his new book, What If Godzilla Just Wanted a Hug?, Daryl Fuzaro emphasizes the positive effects of applying unity principles in everyday situations. Laura Harvey, editor of Daily Word magazine, exclaims Daryl Fuzaro shares his life lessons with inspiring creativity. This book is encouraging, funny, and heartwarming, a combination I highly recommend. As co-host of Unity Online Radio's Funniest Thing with Daryl and Ed, Daryl's old-school charm and no-nonsense approach to spirituality keep a global audience laughing and inspired. What if Godzilla just wanted a hug? Is loaded with Daryl's hilarious, award-winning illustrations and packs his wit and wisdom into easy-to-digest, bite-sized stories of how he transforms chaos into tranquility and succeeds in the entertainment business by doing the opposite of everyone else. What if Godzilla just wanted a hug is a pocket Bible encouraging the talented and timid to trust their gut act on their intuition, and step out boldly. Even if you just bought it for the chapter titles and Daryl Fuzaro's illustrations alone, you'd be getting more than your money's worth with this book. Author and film critic Sister Rose Pucati says, Spending time with Fuzaro's stories will leave you no choice but to smile and carry on. Oh, he forgot to mention he hangs out with a group of nuns, but then, if he had, it would have necessitated a change to some of his more colorful adjectives. Have fun ordering your copy of What If Godzilla Just Wanted a Hug today on Amazon.com. It is the birthright of each and every one of us to live an awakened life. Most religions and spiritual traditions teach us that we need to adopt a certain belief system or follow some prescribed steps to attain a state of enlightenment. A long-held belief about awakening is that only a small number of people destined to become gurus or spiritual teachers can attain it. It is certainly true that until recent times, only a small number of people on the planet had attained this state of full self-realization. These saints, mystics, and spiritual masters were seen as special. They certainly were at the time. However, times are changing This message was brought to you by T.J. Woodward, host of Awakened Living Radio. Learn more from T.J. on his weekly podcasts. Episodes are available on UnityOnlineRadio.org, iTunes, and Google Play Music. You've been listening to Truth Transforms with Rev. Galen McDowell. If you have questions or comments about today's program, or if you'd like to join in on the discussion, email us at truthtransforms at unity.fm. Now back to Truth Transforms. Welcome back to Truth Transforms. Uh, Mark, I wanted to uh, talk about an article that you wrote uh, last week. You posted on truthunity.net. Why does God allow evil and suffering? Could you explain? Talk a little bit more about that article. 
Yes, uh, I, I believe that um, – well, first of all, it's the big question in religion. It's been around a long time, and uh, it's the one question that leads most people away from a, a life of faith. Um, and the question is, well, if God is loving uh, and God is powerful, why would a powerful, loving God allow um, people to suffer? And my answer is I go back to the third unity principle, which says that um, we – uh, shape our experiences by the activity of our thinking. It does not say that we shape our conditions or we create our conditions. It says we create our experiences. And those are worlds apart, uh, literally. The, the world of conditions happens. The, when we ask, why, uh, did I get cancer? That is asking about the world of conditions, the physical world. When we ask, how can I transform this experience of cancer into a greater good? We are then in the realm of the, the mental realm of, of experience. And the promise of new thought is this, that no experience, no condition, uh, from the common cold to the worst abomination, is outside of the realm of God to be transformed. In other words, there is nothing that we face that we cannot transform for the greater good. That is the promise of new thought. And that is the promise of metaphysical Christianity. It is the uh, the declaration that when we say one presence and one power, all good, that those things which are abominations in our sight, which are very real, that you're very positive, they are not illusions. They may be transformed. They have the potential to be transformed. And our work is to do that. You see, Jesus never asked, why did this girl die? Jesus never asked, why are my people being oppressed by the Romans? Rather, what Jesus did is he, he healed people. He brought the centurion's daughter back to life. He empowered his people. He preached good news to the poor. And in the same sense that Robert Kennedy, uh, nearly 50 years ago said, uh, some people look at things as they are and they ask why other people look at things as they have never been and ask why not that was kennedy's question we in new thought do the exact same thing we look at evil and suffering and tragedy and we do not ask why rather we look at evil and tragedy and suffering and we ask how May this be transformed to the greater good. And I realize that there are many that, that are listening who have had uh, great tragedies in their life that I have not personally experienced. And I don't mean in any way to diminish the, uh, the reality or the, the truth of, of what is there. I do say, though, that new thought and metaphysical Christianity proclaims a way to transform your experience of pain and sorrow into a greater good. You may be healed. You can be healed. And there are many um, examples in life where people accomplished unbelievably tremendous things as a result of transformation. The title of your show is Truth Transforms. The title of your show is not Truth Prevents All Evil. <laughs> the title of your show is Truth Transforms All Things into the Greater Good. Yes. And that is the important message that I think many in New Thought need to know today. Uh, it, that we have a great potential. We are called by Jesus to do the same work as he did, and that is to transform 
that which is not good into good. There is nothing outside of the realm of God that can be transformed. Yes, and 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 know that the title "Truth Transforms" is highly intentional, uh, and it, it it was a, when I was trying to come up with a name for the show. I remembered a quote from Joe Goldsmith from the collected essays of Joe Goldsmith, the book, where he said, when truth is properly taught, the student heals at once. Ah. And that statement stuck in my head. So when I had to come up with a name for the show, I was like, what does truth supposed to do? Transform. So I was like, you know what? That's that's going to be the name of the show. Truth transforms, and and you know when you say something, it just fits. So if anybody ever wants to know what this particular show is about, it's the, it's about truth transforming lives. That's it. You know, it's the sole purpose of anything that's done on this show. So I'm glad you picked up on that. That is what truth, uh, new thought is about. You know, people ask us, what is new thought? What is People come to our unity churches, they say, what is unity? And uh, my, my point is unity is the ability to transform whatever all is going on in your life into greater good. That's wonderful. That's wonderful. So I want, uh, during the break, um, we, had, um, we were talking about new thought reclaiming two terms, and we have about four minutes left. So if we think within those four minutes you can – uh, address that topic. Sure, sure. Well, uh, in my opinion, New Thought is about metaphysical Christianity. And we need to reclaim the term metaphysical, and we need to reclaim the term Christianity. Let me begin with Christianity, because there are many people who believe that Christianity in today's culture um, conveys evangelical Christianity. And that's not true. Evangelical Christianity is about 500 years old. It does predominate in North American culture, but it doesn't predominate in world culture, and it hasn't predominated in historic Christianity. It's a new form of Christianity, a new expression, but metaphysical Christianity is just as important as evangelical Christianity. Now, metaphysical, uh, for the past 50 years, has become uh, a, a, a brand of books, a brand of new thought ideas, new, new age ideas. And it's become a, a wide net of various ideas that are not metaphysical at all. And metaphysics, of course, goes back to ancient Greece, uh, the philosopher Plato, and his successors, especially the the people in the second and the third century, who um, who who uh, conveyed Christianity to the people in the Mediterranean area in terms of Greek culture, and so Christianity became metaphysical Christianity or Greek Christianity at a very early age. And metaphysics is a well-thought uh, worldview, which I call mind, idea, and expression, uh, which is not very well conveyed by New Age ideas. We need to reclaim that term and put them together as metaphysical Christianity and then promote that and proclaim it and pro promote it uh, in our churches. Uh, we are metaphysical Christians as opposed to evangelical Christians. But our uh, expression of Christianity is just as valid as anyone who is a fundamentalist or very conservative evangelical. Now, I am not saying that evangelical Christianity is wrong or that it's not valid. I'm just simply saying that Christianity is broader than evangelical Christianity and embraces metaphysical Christianity as well. All right. All right. You know, I've I've been saying this for years as well, that New Thought people should not allow the word Christian to be hijacked. And obviously wouldn't uh, the term metaphysical, because I've even had people debate with me about what new thought is and isn't, you know, and I'll say things like, you know, I get that these many different new age practices might be good and they're valid and I'm not disrespecting any of them, but don't call it new thought. Mm -hmm. You know, new yeah. thought is a specific expression 
It has a it has its own philosophy, it has its own theology, and it's and it is truly a pragmatic spirituality. And you know, when folks try to blend everything in, you don't have anything. You know, it, it becomes and New Thought in and of itself is an eclectic movement. I'm not saying that everybody has to be a metaphysical Christian in New Thought. I'm not saying that at all. But I am saying that when you step out the concept of mind, idea, expression, when you step out the outside the the context of of one presence, one power, you can't call it new thought. When you know when you start talk, step out the context of spiritual mind treatment, and you start teaching other things, whether you know um, you know, it's like wait a minute, that's not new thought, and it's okay for it not to be new thought, but don't call it new thought, and. We're, you know, when it's interesting how that conversation needs to happen. I think what you're doing is is great work and and definitely a conversation that needs to be further enhanced. Um, You know, we we basically run out of time now, Mark, I'm going to have to have you back on the show because I think we've just begun to talk. So uh, I'll be reaching, reaching back out to you because I, I think I think that this is a subject that's really close to my to my heart. And I want to make sure that we give uh, as much of a voice to it as possible. That will be my pleasure. Definitely, definitely. So with that, we're going to have to uh, end for the day again. Thank you for being on the show. God bless you, listeners. I did get a message from Alita, um, uh, Mark, uh, a listener and a member of CUT who says thank you for your work. So I wanted to make sure I passed that along. So thank you. Thank you. God bless you all. And I'll be with you next week with Truth Transforms. Thank you for tuning in to Truth Transforms with Reverend Galen McDowell. Join us every Wednesday at 10 a.m. for live discussions about how to live a spiritually transformed, prosperous, healthy, and joyful life. Truth Transforms, only on Unity Online Radio. This program is brought to you in part by Christ Universal Temple in Chicago, Illinois. Online at www.cutemple.org and on Facebook and Twitter under CU Temple. that there might be something not quite right, but you just can't put your finger on it? We may describe it as an inner stirring, a restlessness, a yearning to find our way home to our heart and higher purpose. Some of us may feel like we are living on borrowed time, that despite our accomplishments, what was once so important to us now just feels empty and meaningless. If you find your heart longing, wanting, Looking for a path home to authenticity and purpose? Join us for transformation, inspiration, hope, and possibility. Move toward your higher calling. Listen to The Call of Spirit with Evelyn Foreman and tune in to Possibility every Wednesday at 3 p.m. Central Time here on Unity Online Radio. before in the history of humankind has change been so rapid. Jobs of yesterday are disappearing, and new careers are being discovered. Where competition once prevailed, there is now a pioneering spirit of cooperation and creativity. It has been said, real learning comes about when competition has ceased. When we release limiting ideas and fears, we are then free from the competitive living and the way is open for cooperation and harmonious living. By relaxing, letting go, and renewing your faith in positive and good outcomes in all affairs, you can make a harmonious difference in your ever-changing world. This message has been brought to you by the Association of Unity Churches International. To find a Unity Church near you, visit www.unity.org. Intuition is our spiritual GPS and the single best tool that we have for navigating our lives. I'm Victoria Shaw, 
And on my Intuitive Connection podcast, I will share with you the ways to connect with your intuition and awaken the gifts of your soul. In each episode, I'll draw on my own intuitive gifts and my training as an Ivy League trained counselor and psychologist to help support you in reaching your highest potential. Start listening now on Mind Body Spirit FM Podcast Network or wherever you find your podcasts.